Tonight, First Corinthians chapter 1, and uh, just going to share some simple thoughts tonight. Lord put on my heart about two weeks ago, and and uh, and uh, and it's been there, and I was going to preach tonight on the book of Ruth, uh, but Lord led me to uh, preach this tonight, and uh, let's look here in the first chapter of First Corinthians, and I'll stand if we're able and willing to, I respect the word of God. The Bible says this, For you see your calling, brethren, how that not many wise men are after the flesh, and not many mighty, and not many noble are called. But God hath chosen the foolish things of the world to confound the wise. And God hath chosen the weak things of the world to confound the things which are mighty, and the base things of the world, and the things which are despised, which hath God, hath God chosen, and the things which are not, to bring to naught the things that are, that no flesh should glory in his presence. But of him are ye in Christ Jesus, who of God is made unto us wisdom and righteousness and sanctification and redemption, that according as it is written, he that glorieth, let him glory in the Lord. Father, I pray tonight you'd help us as we preach. Lord, you know, Lord, how unfit and unable I am to stand behind this sacred place and preach the Word of God without your power and without your touch. Lord, I pray you'd help me tonight. Lord, I'm preaching on a very important subject that every person in this room needs to understand. And I pray, God, you wouldn't allow me to get in the way. Father, I pray you'd anoint me with fresh oil and fill me with the Holy Spirit and allow me, Lord, to just preach the truth in power and in demonstration of the Spirit. Lord, I love you tonight, and I thank you for this evening. I thank you for the good service we've had, the sweet songs we've heard, Lord, and the sweet spirit we've felt in our soul. And I pray now, Lord, that you would help us all. For it's in Christ's name we pray. Amen. You can be seated. I've had several uh, conversations over the last few weeks. This is what led me to this, uh, about the, the, the call of God and... Um, the, the call of God. And uh, that's what I want to preach on tonight is the call of God. And I want to give you a Bible, uh, a Bible answer on the call of God. Uh, when I was praying and seeking the Lord as a young man, uh, and I want to say this, outside of being saved, I truly believe the greatest blessing God's ever given my life is allowing me as a young person to not only know the call, uh, know God's call for my life, but to surrender to God's call for my life. And, um, and the Bible says in verse 26, For you see your calling, brethren, how that not many wise men after the flesh, and not many mighty, not many mighty, and not many mo mo noble are called. And uh, if you do underline your Bible, you underline that phrase, you see your calling. And then in the last part, it says, are called. And that's what the Apostle Paul is dealing with. And, and in fact, specifically, uh, in the previous verses, we know what he's speaking about, about preaching Christ and preaching Christ crucified. Amen. Amen. And he said earlier in, uh, uh, in verse number uh, uh, 23, but we preach Christ crucified unto the Jews, a stumbling block, and unto the Greeks, foolishness. And I won't say the world didn't like it then, and they don't like it now. Amen. They didn't understand it then. I mean, they were only 30 years away from the crucifixion. 
And they still thought it was foolish. And here we are 2,000 years later and the world still says it's foolish. Amen. But I thank God for the day a man preached Christ to me. Crucified. Amen. Risen and coming again. And the Bible says in verse 24, uh, verse number uh, 24, and then which are called both Jews and Greeks, Christ, the power of God and the wisdom of God, because the foolishness of God is wiser than man, and the weakness of God is stronger than man. And listen, I, I know I am a preacher, but I thank God for a preacher. Amen? I'm so glad that my mom and dad uh, raised me in churches where there were men of God that loved us and preached the Bible to us. Amen? And uh, I want to say that tonight, uh, we need more and more and more preaching of Christ crucified, risen, and coming again. But I want to talk about the calling. Uh, and tonight, I want to say this. Every person in here that's saved has got a calling on your life. Amen. Everyone does. And... Uh, in the Bible, we learn there's some general calls that everyone has in their life. The call of salvation. I believe tonight that in order for you to be saved, you must be called to salvation. John 6, says, No man that come to me, no man that can, no man can come to me except the Father which has sent he me draw him. Uh, John 16, 8 says that when he has come, he will approve the world of sin and of righteousness and of judgment to come. Revelations 22, 17, and the Spirit and the bride say come. Uh, listen tonight, I thank the Lord for the day he called me to be saved. Amen. Uh, I believe in personal salvation, don't you? I don't believe that there's this universal, I don't believe in uh, universalism or the universal brotherhood of man and fatherhood of God. Uh, but I believe every man, woman, a uh, boy and girl must be born again. And every person must be called. And uh, they must be summoned. Uh, they must be drawn by the power of the Spirit of God. Listen, I thank God for the day that the Holy Ghost had come by where I was. I was dead in my trespasses and sins. Listen, I was a child of disobedience on my way to hell. By nature, a child of wrath. But thank God He called me to be saved. And then... If you're here and you're lost tonight, you need to listen for that call. Just like in, in, in Luke 15 where the Bible says that man had a hundred sheep and one, uh, there was 99 that stayed home, uh, but there was one that was lost. And the Bible says that that shepherd went to the mountains. Uh, do you, what do you think the shepherd did as he went through the mountains? He called that sheep. And tonight, if you're here lost, he's calling you. We're called to salvation. We are called to separation. Do you believe that? 2 Corinthians 6, 17, Wherefore, come out from among them, and be ye separate, saith the Lord, and touch not the unclean thing, and I'll receive you. Do you know tonight that you cannot have the full blessings of God on your life, living a life that's conformed to the world? And, and if a preacher will not preach separation, then he is robbing his people of the blessings of God. Did you know tonight that separation is not a dreadful thing? It's not, an, 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 it's not a burdensome, it's a blessing. 
You know that he calls us to be separate for our good and for his glory. Did you know tonight there are some things that we ought to come out from among? There are some places we don't belong. And by the grace of God and the work of God, he calls us to be separate. We're not to be like the world. We're not to have the same mindset of the world and the same desires of the world. And listen, we're not to be eat up with the same passions as the world. We're to be different. We're to be separate. We're to be like that. He calls us to be separate. He calls us to be separate. He calls us to surrender. We're all called to This is a call everybody's going on. And by the way, listen, before we get to the message here in just a minute, if you've not answered these calls, don't worry about the other calls. Right. I, Brother David, I had someone come to me back when I passed for it and, and they hadn't been, they, they was one of those hit or miss, come sometimes, not come. They'd come, when we had revival, they'd get really on fire for God for about three months and then they'd fizzle out and he'd come to me and he said, I think God's calling me to preach. And in and and, and the nicest way, and I didn't say it in these words, but in, in just to cut it on down so we don't waste much time, basically say you need to go think about it again. Because if you've not answered the call to su- surrender, the call, and I'm going to get, the Bible says in Romans 12, well, I beseech you therefore, brethren, by the mercies of God, that you present your bodies a living sacrifice. We've been called to surrender, uh, the call to soul winning. Mark 16, 15, go ye in all the world and preach the gospel, called to sanctification. 1 Peter 1, 15, but as he which has called you is holy, so be ye holy. And all manner of conversation, the cause it is written, be ye holy, for I am holy. He did not say be holy in the first century, but be ungodly in the 21st century. And listen, I talk basically tonight what I'm saying. There's a lot of people enamored with the call of God for some position or some title, but they don't want to answer these calls. And uh, I want us to look at these, these specific calls. You see, I believe these are some general calls for every believer, but I believe in 1 Corinthians 26, 126, he's dealing with an individual call. And I believe that every member of the body of Christ has an individual call, a, 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 a job, a job that you must fulfill. Just as your physical body depends on every member, Fulfilling their calling. So the body of Christ depends upon every member fulfilling their calling. I want you to look in verse 26. And I'm going to give you a couple of things. This may be more teaching than preaching. I don't know. The more y'all amen me, the more I preach. And the, the better, but the quieter it gets, the more teaching you'll get. So let's just see what y'all, what y'all want. <laughs> Thank you, Brother Mike. <laughs> I'm just joking. I, I've preached a lot without amen, so I don't need but I ain't got much of a voice. I preached on about getting your voice back this morning, and now I've lost my voice. <laughs> ain't that something? Anyway, just I think this is something that can help you. It's helped me. There's so much confusion about the calling of God. There's so many people that have these misnomers about the call of God and these misunderstandings. And as I said earlier, when I was praying about being called of God, what God was calling me to do, I had so much confusion because I was told so many different things. Yeah. So many different things. One, I had one person say, just run from it as long as you can. And if you're called, he, then you'll, 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 he, he won't. I'm thinking, what kind of advice was that? Now that I look back on it, man, he was basically telling me to, to run from God's call. I mean, you know, but anyhow, Brother Dylan told us last Sunday night, that ain't smart. But so here we see this. These verses are about your calling. So listen to this. 
He says, for ye see, for ye see. Very simple message. So listen, the calling of God is perceivable. He says, you see your calling. You see your calling. I believe when God calls you to do something, and by the way, when he calls you to do something, it will be in the church and it will be through the church. God has never called anybody since the resurrection to do a work outside the authority of the local church. Follow me. And that, that may seem, but there's preachers out here. I call them renegades, Rambo. They're, they're out here outside the authority of the church. They've got their ministries and they're not under any church authority. And, 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 and that's unscriptural, you understand? But, but it's perceived. He says, you see your con. I believe, Brother Mark, when God calls a man or a woman, or, and by the way, God calls women to do works too. He don't call them to preach or pastor. We know that. But there's a work. You say, oh, he don't. He called Phoebe to deliver the letter of Romans to the church of Rome. If, you didn't, if there wasn't for a woman answering the call of God, you wouldn't have the book of Romans in your Bible. Amen. He called Moses' mother to take that little boy and put him in, the, in that ark, and then he called him. He called her to raise him for till he was weaned and give him back. And if Moses' mother hadn't answered the call, if Moses' if Moses's mother hadn't feared God more than Pharaoh, Israel never would have gotten delivered from bondage. But here's what I'm saying. When God calls you to do something, he'll make it plain. He says you see your calling. He says you can see it. it. It's something you can understand. It's something you can you can comprehend. It's not a mystery. Listen, I and that was one of the biggest hangups I had is when I was young, 17-year-old fighting and, and, and not fighting but struggling with the call of God. I had my mind that it was some mystery that I had to figure out. There was some, it was like that puzzle, you know, in a thousand pieces and, and you got to try to put it all together and, and there's codes. It's like, where, Brother Hunter, we went to that mystery house thing where they locked us in that room for an hour. I can't believe I paid them $30 to lock me in a room and had to figure out the way to get out. Amen. Anyway, we had a good time and uh, because of my terrible teeth, we didn't make it out in an hour, but but anyway, y'all pray for them. Uh, <coughs> but Brother Hunter, the call of God is not God locking you in a room and saying, all right, you got to figure it out. And, and God's not going to make it. It's like Drew. When I want Drew to take out the trash, I say, Drew, take out the trash. I tell him plain. Drew, feed the dogs. Clean the pens. <laughs> Great the weed eater. I'm not going to make it hard for him to know what I want him to do. And if God, and so tonight, if you're debating on a call in your life, it isn't plain. Has God made it perceivable? Has God made it where you understand this is what he wants me to do? I'm telling you tonight, I surrendered to preach. It was so plain to me. I could not deny it anymore. I could not run from it anymore. I said, Lord, this is it. I know this is it. And I shared that. It's perceivable. And in the church, listen tonight. Now, there are jobs that have to be done in the church, whether you're called or not. I really think some Baptists like, well, I'm not called to pick up the trash. I'm not called to clean the toilets. Everybody in here is called to flush the toilet after you use it. Miss Bertine let an amen out. <laughs> Somebody go check the graveyard. I think the rapture's took place. I'm just kidding, Miss Bertine. <laughs> Everybody's not, listen, well, God ain't called me to drive a van. He's called you to win souls. Right. I've heard that before. 
Well, God ain't called me to, to do that. That's not what I'm saying. I'm talking about in the work of God, every person you've got to call. And you've got to, and, and, and by the way, God gifts you for that calling. Right, right. And, and, and God will give you the ability to call. And, 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 but the truth of the matter is, it's perceivable. It's understandable. And Paul said here, you see your calling. You see your calling. And tonight, I believe everyone that's called in here, you know what it is God wants you to do. I want to ask you this. What can you see God calling you to do? I believe many people, they see it, but they, they, they don't want to admit it. They see it. Truth be told, a year before I surrendered to preach when I was 16, I had in my heart that God wanted me to preach, but I didn't want to see it. I still had two years of high school left. I still had two years of ball I wanted to play. I still had two years, and I thought, you know what? I can't preach. I, there ain't no way I've done. <laughs> there's no, who am I going to preach to? Everybody in this county knows how bad I am. And, 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 but I knew in my heart, I knew in my heart that God was calling me to preach. And listen tonight, whatever it is that God's calling you to do, whatever it is he's asking you to do, you need to see it. You need to understand it. It's perceivable tonight. It's understandable. It's perceivable. It's personal, though. He says, you see, your calling. Here's something we all have to understand. Every member of the body of Christ does not have the same calling. And you know where we have conflict in church a lot of times? It's between members, and they think that everybody in the church should be like them. Have you seen that, Brother David? Bless God, how come he don't, he, you know, I mean, I, I, I've had people come and, and you know, and, and they, they want to start this or do that. And I'm saying, hey, if God's calling you to do it, do it. But listen, if God's calling you to do it, you don't need 15 people to do it. You don't need 100 people to do it. You don't need the whole, now listen, what I'm saying is that night it's personal. It's personal. And we need to understand that just as God makes us all unique and individual, that's exactly how the call of God. God is, it's unique and individual. Right. It's personal. Look at 1 Corinthians 12 real quick. Verse 12. Hope this is making sense. As you turn, think how wonderful it is that God would call us to do anything. It's amazing. 1 Corinthians 12 and verse 12. For as the body is one and hath many members, and all the members of that one body being many are one body, so also is the church, is Christ. And that's where we get church membership, members. That's why we talk, that's Bible talk. For by one spirit we are all baptized into one body, whether we be Jews or Gentiles, whether we be bond or free, and have been all made to drink unto one spirit. For the body is not one member, but many. Here it is. If the foot shall say, because I'm not the hand, I'm not the body, is it, not therefore, is it therefore not the body? Is your foot less a part of your body than your hand? And verse 16, and if the ear shall say, because I'm not the eye, I'm not the body. Is it therefore not the body? Is your ear less a part of your body than your eye? If the whole body were an eye, where were the hearing? If the whole were hearing, where are the smelling? But now hath God set the members, every one of them body, as it hath pleased him. 
And if they were all one member, where were the body? But now are they many members, yet one body? And the eye cannot send to the hand, I have no need of thee. Nor again the head to the feet, I have no need of you. Nay, much more, those members of the body which seem to be more feeble are necessary. You think your pinky toe is not important. Let me take my S-wing, 21 ounce, and smash your pinky toe. And I promise you, you'll realize how important it is. Every step you take. Now, I ain't going to let you match mine about. If you want me to, I'd be glad to. Ty, we need to sit do an illustration. Take your shoes. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> the smallest, most feeble members are the most necessary. And, and he says that, and those members of the body which th we think to be less honorable, upon these we bestow more abundant honor. And our uncomely parts have more abundant comeliness. For our comely parts have no need, but God hath tempered the body together, having given more abundant honor to that part which lacked, that there should be no schism in the body, but that the members should have the same care one for a number. Now, I'm not going to spend a lot of time. i got to go back. But do you see there where there could be problems from people not accepting the fact that everyone is not called to do the same thing. But you are called. Now it's personal. Verse 26, we see that it's perpetual. He says, for you see your calling. That word calling there is in the present tense. That means that calling and calling and calling and calling and calling. Romans eleven twenty nine 29 says, For the gifts and calling of God are without repentance. If you've ever been called, you're still called. I had a preacher, and I'm not going to say his name. Nobody here I don't think knows him, but I'm not going to say his name. He was a missionary with Rock of Ages prison ministry. And he was a great preacher. I mean, a fiery preacher. And, he just, and not only did he do that, he preached in churches. He, he held revivals. He was a great, and, and him and I become friends. And uh, he lived around Atlanta area, and, uh, and, and I don't say this with joy, but he fell. Into, he didn't fall. He went into sin. He, he, he got involved in a, in a moral relationship with another woman, and his wife left him, and, and he's done, he got out. He's, he's done. And, you know, I had a conversation with him. A, a couple, I called him. I felt constrained to call him. And uh, I feel like sometimes, and I'm not, listen, those men, they're suffering. Trust me, they're suffering. But they don't need to be thrown away. And, 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 and he, I mean, he pretty much was just, I mean, nobody had nothing to do. He didn't, I mean, no, he was pretty much just thrown away. And I felt constrained to call him. And I called him and, and I said, brother, I just want you to know that, I, you know, I still, you're still my friend. I still love you. And, you know, he began to talk to me. He opened up to me. And he said, brother Martin, I want to tell you the worst thing about this. He said, I'm still called, but I can't preach. He said, I wake up in the middle of the night with messages just burning in my heart. And he said, I can't go back to sleep because I know I'll never get to preach them. Why is that? Because the gifts and calling of God are without repentance. And, and tonight, if God ever has called you, he still called you. Now you say, what's, what's the significance of this? Think about this. If you have stopped hearing the call of God in your life, if you stop, if, if, there's, if, if it seems that God's gone silent, you need to go back to the last time he spoke to you and you didn't do what he said to do. And that's where you'll find him. Amen. You know where Jonah found God? He found him in Nineveh. 
That's where God wanted Jonah. And tonight it's perpetual, the gifts and call. You say, well, I'm just going to put it to the side for a little while and, 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 and put it on the back burner. Listen to me. You may put it on the back burner, but God ain't going to put it on the back burner. After I started to preach, there was a man. He come to me just within a few months and talked to me. And I have a lot of respect for this man, a lot of love for this man. And I didn't know this. And to my knowledge, nobody knows this about this man. Maybe it's why I don't know. He told me, he said, Brother James, when I was your age, God called me to preach. And he said, I said, no. And he said, I hadn't heard him say a word since. Now, he was a member of a, he was a faithful member, Sunday morning, Sunday night, Wednesday night. He did all, and like I said, you don't have to be called to pick up the track. He did all that. He was a worker. He, was, he said, but he looked me in the eye and he said, don't ever run from the call of God. Amen. He said, James, whatever you do, stick with it, fulfill it, follow it, finish it. He said, because I, he said, I, he said, God's been good. I can remember it as if it was yesterday in the parking lot of Harmony Street Baptist Church. He said, to this day, it haunts me every day of my life. That I took and said no to the call of God. You can't get away from it. A man surrenders and God calls him to preach. That's why it's so, you got to be careful, men. And I thank God for the ones God's called. But the truth is, you better search your heart. You better be sure and, 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 and know and be willing to sit down and count the cost and say, I'm going to pay the price. I'm going to run the race. I'm going to finish the course. Wow. Because if you get in this thing and walk away, it'll haunt you the rest of your life. And it causes much damage to the name of Christ and the work of God. But it's not just preachers that today are running from their calling. It's church members. God's calling you to do something and you don't want to do it. It might inconvenience your life. It might cost you a little bit of time. It may cost you some money. It may cost you some this, and it may cost you that. And people may even question you. People may even doubt you. People may, and what if you fail? <laughs> what if you fail? Oh, that was a fearful thing for me when I was, I thought, God, I can't preach. And if I try to preach, I ain't going to be a good preacher. And if I was going to be a preacher, I didn't just want to be good. And I'm going to be a real good. And Lord, you know that I've never done anything I didn't want to do good. And how can I, I don't know how to do this. And they tell me that you can't do it. The only way you can do it is by not doing it and letting you do it. And I've got to die in order to live. I've got to die in order for you to have the way. And God, I don't know. But I thank God that he gave me grace to surrender. It's perpetual. God's got a call. Maybe you said no. Maybe you said no. But he's going to keep calling. I'm just going to give you all this. In verses 26 through 28, we see it's perplexing. The call of God does not make sense. The fact that I'm standing here tonight doing the preaching, that makes absolutely no sense to me. And most of y'all think God didn't know me. None of y'all knew me. But thank God... He saw something in me, and he, and he wanted me to be his. He wanted to use me. And there's days I still wake up confused at why God would call me, but he did. You see, God doesn't call the people that we think he should call. A lot of times people say, well, but I, think, I, think he's, I, think, I think he, I think she, I think this, and I think that. You know who God's going to use probably the greatest in this room? The person who you think the least is going to do it. He says, not many God has chosen the foolish things of the world to confound the wise. And God has chosen the weak things to confound the 
things that are mighty. You see, if it were up to us, we wouldn't choose the foolish things. We'd choose the wise things. If it was up to us, we wouldn't choose the weak things. We'd choose the strong things. He goes on, verse 20, the base things of the world, the things which are despised, hath God chosen, yea, and the things which are not, to bring to naught the things that are. You know, Israel had two kings at the beginning. Saul was the people's king. They chose him. David was God's king. He chose David. Brother David, even the prophet didn't think David was fit. Even his own daddy didn't think he was fit. When, when the, then the prophet showed up and said, God's going to call one of your sons to be king, he, he didn't call David. He said, that, surely it's not him. He was just a shepherd boy. A little shepherd boy liked to play his harp and sing songs. His dad thought he can't ever be a king. But God saw in that little boy great and mighty things. Amen. And maybe tonight you think, I can't do that for God. I can't be a witness. I can't tell people about the Lord. I can't teach a class. I couldn't drive that van. Listen to me. You don't have to understand it. You don't have to have the strength and the wisdom and the mind and the reputation. God can take weak things and foolish things and base things and can use them to do his will. It's perplexing though. But then it's purpose in verse 29. What's the purpose of God's calling? That no flesh should glory in his presence. What does God call us for? What is God calling you for? For his glory and honor. I believe many people start out well, but they experience just a little success doing something for God and they get full of themselves. And it becomes about them Instead of about him. If you want to fulfill the calling of God, you've got to realize what's the purpose. Why does God call? Why is he calling me? It's that he's not calling me so my flesh can glory. And if it, follow me now. And I, I'm winding her down. Coming in for a landing. Clear the landing. Physique belt's on. The table thingy's up. Cell phone's off. If you're not fulfilling the call of God tonight in your life, you're robbing him of glory. That's That's the danger of it all. I wonder how much honor and glory could God get from this room if everyone in this room tonight would surrender to God's calling in their life. He said, but I don't know. I didn't say you had to know what it is, but surrender to it. Surrender to it. Now. And then when he makes it clear, there won't be no debate. You'll just do it. You'll just do it. How much glory and honor will God be robbed of, though, tonight if you don't surrender to his calling? Verse 30, we see the power of our calling. But of him are ye in Christ Jesus, who of God has made us wisdom and righteousness and sanctification and redemption. The power of our calling is the Lord Jesus Christ. He's the power. And as long as you have him, as long as you can have him, I'll never forget the first time the Lord touched me and filled me with his spirit and helped me to preach. I'd only been called, it was November, I believe it was the second week of November. I surrendered in July. I was still just 17 year old. I was sick. I had the flu back then. You got the flu and you just toughed it out. Now you get the flu, you better better run and hide because they're going to put you on that list. But, 
I was sick, had a high fever, was had body aches, and Brother Willard had asked me to preach on a Wednesday night. The whole service. The whole service. That was a big deal. I mean, that was a big deal. When we had that preacher's fellowship, I got wind that one of the, somebody kind of didn't think five minutes was enough to preach, and I thought, well, that's five more minutes than you'll ever get again. Five minutes was, a, I mean, that felt like an eternity. We had times Brother Willard would call on us and say 60 seconds. You better have you something. I could preach three. Back then, I've learned I do different now. Back then, I could preach three points, two illustrations, tell a sad story, and give an invitation in 60 seconds. <laughs> Y'all wish I'd go back to them former ways, don't you? But I never forget, I, was, I went to church like two hours early. And I mean, I was sick, real, real, real sick. And, and, and I had a message. I'll never forget, it's in Ecclesiastes where it says, there's no discharge from that war. And I laid in a pew back there in one of the Sunday school classes, and I begged God to help me. And I said, Lord, I want to preach. I want to preach so bad I can't stand it. But if you don't help me, if you don't touch me, you know, you think I'm, whatever you want to think, I don't care what you think about it, but God is my witness. He took that from, I, I, he took the fever from me, and that night he let me taste for the first time the power of the calling. It wasn't me, it was him. And tonight you... You worry, people worry about how am I going to fulfill God's call in my life? I mentioned it last Sunday night, faithful, 1 Thessalonians 5, 24, faithful is he that calleth you who also do it. I really want to pastor a church where the people are fulfilling God's call in their life. I do. I don't care about national or local recognition. Really, why does anybody even care about that? I mean, why do we even care what they think about us? Why do we even care? What we should care about, had you rather be a part of a church with 50 members that are all doing God's will for their life and fulfilled, or be a church with 500 than only 10? Which is the better church? Which church is giving God more honor and glory? And tonight, until you surrender to the calling of God, you won't enjoy anything in the Christian life. But once you do surrender... He'll let you enjoy blessings that you cannot even describe.